he seems to have gotten a little dumber. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is a man who, in real life, could totally kick my butt and probably <laughs> some of you guys' butts too. It's the one and only Dojo DC. What's happening, my guy? Hey, not too much, man. Just you know, the super excited for the game right at the moment. I know, right? It's uh, been pretty awesome since we got these not only core set announcement, but we've got this changes come into a lot of characters we got all these new characters announced at mini stravaganza we got something called mojo ball announced at mini stravaganza like what right? is going yeah on? yeah yeah i'd like to see uh and i'm glad that they're taking mojo ball and the other op kits and making them where you can just buy them because they uh, uh i'd like to play some mojo ball that one sounds cool yeah i'm right there with you i think that this idea of locking the op kits behind orders from a shop like i understand that from a business perspective in a lot of ways but that's one of the things that i haven't really had a chance to talk about was that announcement from Ministrav is that now if you and a friend want to play mojo ball or separation anxiety or just the parker luck or insert other op kit you can just go buy it now. And I think that's really good for, for people that don't have a steady shop community. You know, I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good way to get, you know, new people into the game as well, right? You're just just your buddy who, you know, might have shown some interest. Like, oh, let's play this. The, uh, maybe that'll get them into the actual game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited for the new you know, game modes as well. The, uh, uh, and I... I guess I didn't really know that um, the OP kits were supposed to be locked, you know, just for uh, local game stores because there's definitely a store in my area who has sold like just the Parker Luck. They are, like only if you like special ordered it. They are, like they didn't have them just sitting out there. But the uh, um, uh, but I know this guy that I played with who was in town like, specifically ordered just the Parker Luck. Oh, the, uh, nice. From, uh, yeah. So the uh, I don't know if that has always been the rule or whether it's just kind of like round upon or I don't want to get anybody in trouble you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're getting anyone in trouble no worries I'm pretty sure that it's one of those things where that kind of thing happens you know what I mean like it's not a big deal yeah. and I hey, think and AMG's making the money on it right you exactly know? yeah they definitely are so you know it's uh it's one of those things where OP kits being available for everyone is it's just a really great thing and yeah I'm yeah I'm glad for it what other, give me one other thing from Ministrav that you were just like, this is dope. Oh man, one other thing. The uh, um, new Panther, King T, love him. Played him on TTS a little bit already. The uh, And I was not gonna buy that box. Yeah, and I'm still on the fence about it. But man, after playing him a couple times on TTS, I am all in on New Panther. The uh, um, I haven't played New Killmonger, not as like in on him. Um, uh, but 
I might shell out the money for that box, even though I don't play in person very much. So I don't need the terrain. I don't even really you know, know what the other character is going to be like, as far as like, I had just haven't put them on the table, but I might pay that money for that one model. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. The King T seems real cool. And, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like we have so much to talk about over the next little while. This is my second episode recorded this week, and I'm not done yet because there is so Yeah, I'm in the middle of the episode much. with Brian Freddy right now. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And so I'm stoked for it. But today, instead of talking about stuff that got revealed more or less at Mini Strav, we're going to talk about a couple of characters from the core box because we're almost done covering that here on House Party Protocol. We've got just, I think, three or four left. So we're, we're right there on the cusp, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to go with that today. And first up is your boy, Crossbones, the Merciless Merc. And first thing we got to do, as always, Dojo, is take a look at this model. And I got to say, way to go, AMG. Like, the original model had a nice sense of motion and everything, but, like, this one is, like, this is crossbones. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, just the model in general, even just, like, the change in the art style almost like to the costume right the the costume yeah. change the uh um you know less of that big bulky um tactical vest right and just yeah. this tank top the uh you know um and yeah the movement on the original was really cool but i do like you know just kind of the hands clenched you know the big old gun right beside him the uh um i do have a trouble painting that sometimes where they have their hands like in front of them oh, the, yeah. uh but you know i might just have to paint the arms separately i've done it before and then glued them on the uh um uh, but i do like this style it feels maybe um just a little bit more comic booky a little bit more animated in in that aspect right the yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's got a really nice sense of menace, you know, where he's like he's like cracking his knuckles ready for a fight. Like Right, right. I just I love that. I think it looks really cool. And, you know, it's a simple thing. And I'm probably gonna go in terms of color scheme with some more like brownish colors on some of him and like keep his gloves and his boots black, his helmet black, but maybe do like a like brown pants. He wore the brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be making people wish they wore the brown pants on the tabletop. Right. <laughs> See, like I um, I went more camo and brown and green with my OG crossbones just because I wanted to. The, uh, um, it was like uh, just I had painted a bunch of black with like Red Skull and you know Black Widow and other people in the core at that point. So I was just like, all right, let me do something different with crossbones. So I think I might just stick a real... Uh, OG with it, yeah, and just go lots of blacks and grays and blues, you know, to try to uh, um, to make him seem dark and sinister like that. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. So now let's talk about the stat card, and we have Crossbones Merciless Merc with an alter ego of Brock Rumlow. So you can have both versions of Crossbones in your roster, but you right. cannot have both versions in the same squad on the tabletop at the same time. Your opponent can have a version of Crossbones and you can have a version of Crossbones, but you can't have both at the same time currently. So, we have a top stat line here of four physical defense, two energy defense, and two mystic defense. 
He has a stamina value of six. He has threat value three, size two, and they they didn't help him out here at all. He still skipped cardio still day. Short mover. Sure, yeah. short move exactly. <laughs> You know, it's just the gun is so big and heavy, Will. You know, oh, the, it's uh, that's that's what it is. The gun is so big and heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's this is a, a stat line we've seen before, literally on crossbones. So, right, right. I don't hate it. And on his injured side, he changes to five stamina. And when you read that two two energy mystic defense, it really stands out as a vulnerability. But much like original crossbones, it's a vulnerability that I think he can overcome. We'll explain why as we go through this. But uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that that they could have given him one of those being a three and it would have made it better? Yes. The uh, like I would like three energy the uh, or um, maybe even just one more stamina on his backside. Right. The to to let him be you know a little bit beefier on both sides so you can keep him around a little bit longer. He is a three threat, so you're you know trying to keep him in line. And I think they did a really good job with the core box in general about not power creeping the core box too much. Yeah, yeah right. They're like you're not gonna have the strongest characters in this core box. There's some good characters, the uh, and some strong ones. The uh, but you know I think they were careful about okay, even though you know Crossbones needs a rework and you know this new version, let's not make him so people are saying oh he's the best three threat in the game now. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, but the uh, but yeah, I think I think that uh, uh, one extra uh, energy defense probably would have been a nice or a nice addition, or like I said, one one additional stamina on the backside there. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm kind of with you on that. It's not something that I, he needs, I don't think, but it would have been like a nice to have kind of thing. Sure. So, what are his attacks, Dojo? All right, yeah. Let's see what his attacks are. A uh, plasma beam. Beam three, five dice, zero power. After each attack is resolved, this character is going to gain one. And there is a wild skull pierce, uh, which will change one of the defending characters' results to a blank. So even though it is a gainer, the uh, uh, if you can set up one of those sweet beams, you can gain a couple the uh, um, as you're hitting it. Oh, yeah. Sweet beams indeed. And it's energy worth noting, which will definitely mess up an opposing crossbones. But for sure, right? <laughs> the uh, and um you know energy attacks are just getting better in the game. I think that they've uh, added a lot of people who have some of that mystic defense capabilities, but maybe not as many that have added, you know, those four or five um uh energy defenses yet. Yeah. Yeah, we only have one character that has a five energy defense and I think that's uh Claw. So Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Where you can name a handful who that have five or six mystic defense, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But we're not gonna talk about how awesome Strange is. So <laughs> uh so with Plasma Beam here, how do you feel about the wild skull trigger for the Pierce? Like that's a really unique trigger that I don't think we've seen before. And you're automatically inherently saying, Well, I'm not gonna have a success in order to get this unless you're under Red Skull, Master of the World's leadership. Right, and that's what I was going to say, is that it has a lot of play in that particular uh, affiliation, under that particular leader, right? It's got a lot of synergy there. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, it's... I mean, 
there's that good side and bad side, right? Oh no, normally a skull is bad. Well, in this case, it actually helped me out. The, uh, you can't rely on it. I don't think on that five dice, the, uh, uh attack for you sure. Know? Um, yeah, the, unless you just are one of those people who has bad luck, the, or in this case, slightly better luck. The, uh, but I think it's really supposed to synergize with, uh, red skull master of the world, right? The, uh, yeah. It just allows him to, to make that skull even more useful. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it, is that I think that this is saying, look, Crossbones is meant to play with Red Skull, Master of the World. Sure, you can splash him wherever you want, but you're losing out on just a teensy bit of efficiency with that. And I think that that is something that is really fun and engaging in terms of how this core set is presented to new players, is that finding those synergies and allowing new players to say, oh man, it's a skull. It doesn't count as a success. Darn. Oh, but wait, there's something in this box that makes that better. And and mm-hmm. being able to give players the opportunity to discover those things, I think is really great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, uh, and, you know, we've seen it in just having multiple leaderships in the same box with, you know, these uh, multiple triggers and uh, and then having that thing like Captain Marvel where you have a, a secondary character, that oh, yeah. um, a transformation, right? I think you're right. They really went into this core box saying we want to teach people how to play the game and all of these little ins and outs. That way when they buy another character, they don't have to learn that basic piece of the game. Exactly, exactly. So what's the next attack? Sure, yeah. The uh, up, close, and personal. The uh, physical attack, range two, eight dice. It's going to cost you four power, but after the attack is resolved, if the target character is size two or less, this character throws it short, and there's no trigger on that. It just happens. Nice, nice. So how do you feel about this one being range two and he moves short? Now I'm obviously burying the lead a little bit here, but right, right, how, right. How do you feel yeah. that? Um, it's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, everybody hated on old crossbones, and I I never had too much of a problem with them. The I mean, the short movement was always the biggest issue, right? Yeah. The uh, um, however, his old spender, or rather, I guess, um, uh, old crossbones, OG crossbone spender. It was a range three with a place of one, right? right? So you could hit somebody the uh, uh, from range three and end up on the other side of them, and it definitely helped with his movement. And then that attack was only two power, so it was, it, and it also has a throw now, albeit that was a triggered throw, a wild trigger throw. Um, so I you when I used crossbones, the uh, I was really trying to hit that overpower quite a bit yeah. to, to help his movement out, right? Start yeah. with an overpower, follow up with a strike to gain more power. The uh um uh it, that is always how I used him. And so this is definitely a different character in that way, right? Where you yeah. are probably doing something else to get into range to do up close and personal so you can then maybe control a point right throw that person short off the point and control it that way yeah and i think that that's the the nice thing about this is that there's there's interesting things at play again with this attack right so we as veterans of the game can see this attack and say man eight dice oh boy that's that's pretty spicy and then it's after the attack is resolved you throw the character size two or less so it's one of those things where you're just as likely to potentially daze them as you are to be able to even get that throw in the first place if you're attacking a fellow three threat 
or a two threat or a four threat that's got some damage on them. But when you look at this as like a throw with extra steps and and you look at that power cost at four power, it kind of feels okay. But I don't see myself using this particularly often. I think setting myself up for plasma beams is going to be where I live my life. Personally. Oh, I agree. The uh, um, I think that this is one of those things where the throw doesn't isn't something I'm looking for in this, right? Because I'm rolling eight dice. Right. So you know, maybe you're gonna try to one shot another three threat. You know, um, uh, with you know, just just getting lucky on your dice. More than likely, I might just be saving that big attack for a big guy if I get next to them. Yeah. Right. If I end up putting, uh, you know, um crossbones next to a hulk i'm like okay let me throw eight dice into him no i'm not going to get to throw hulk but at least i can try to actually hit some damage into him right yeah exactly or you know one of the things that comes to mind for me is is like you've got a luke cage sitting there just you know soaking up damage and it's like okay well even if i don't finish off luke cage here at least i can throw him out of the way and get him off this point so crossbones can score that point and then you know, kind of move on from there. But I think it's versatile, but it's also, it's an interesting design in how this character is going to function versus how his old version functioned because you referenced overpower. And I think that's spot on because overpower would cost you two. And then if you were able to do the Haymaker, which was mm -hmm. all for a total of six power, it felt right. really good. And then it's like, well, you know, now you don't really have that buff so much, but it's like, more reliable and i think i'll take that sure sure definitely yeah. well and you'll notice that the uh power cost for and i guess i'm jumping the gun a little bit onto um crossbones or merciless mercs next um superpower yes for you're, superpower. You're, you're jumping the gun dojo don't, yeah my bad don't the, jump uh, the plasma uh, rifle okay <laughs> <laughs> so so we're talking about his movement shenanigans and how he, how with his short move, is he ever going to be in a position to be effective? Well, AMG thought of that. And we have an active superpower called Hit and Run, which we've seen before. It's going to cost mm. you two power and an action. Anytime you see that bold text for action, that means you also have to spend one of your actions. This character immediately makes an attack action followed by a move action. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So, really, you plasma beam somebody. Like, let's say this is turn two, right? You've set yourself up to, to have some, mm -hmm. some targets and whatnot. You can say, cool, I'm going to hit and run. So, you beam one person. Then you reposition yourself to get two people in your beam. And look, these are five dice beams. You're not going to set the world on fire with them. But being able to build his power to threaten it up close and personal, to continue to use hit and run, I think is going to be very valuable. And again, playing under that Red Skull leadership and having access to skulls as crits, and then maybe you hit your pierce, I think it's going to surprise people. Sure, yeah. Now, you're only going to get that skull once that turn right yeah you know, so even if you get two beams and you hit you know two people with each beam you're only changing one of those skulls the uh um you're only able to use one of those skulls right as a exactly the, uh, um uh it, now it is a crit plus you're counting it plus it's giving you a pierce so the it, it's definitely like a 
good boost when you hit it. The, uh, exactly. Um, but I think that the hit and run is exactly that, right? The, you are going to shoot and then move, maybe get into a position, right? Or maybe just start on the point, move up to get into position, pay your two for your hit and run, hit two people, gain those two power back, and then run back to your point so you can continue to secure it. Like, yeah, I, I think this Crossbones and original Crossbones are both just really great on, like, B-maps. Um, yeah. B-maps against physical teams, for sure. The um, uh, But B-maps, I think, is a really great place for Crossbones, and now maybe this gives him a better chance to work well on, like, a C or an E where you're wanting to get from that one point to the other there with that movement yeah and i think you really nailed it there is like obviously the b maps creates a bit of a corridor so you can kind of use your mobility and say okay cool i'm gonna have crossbones and maybe another three thread on one side maybe a red skull and another friend on another side and you're like all right i'm gonna kind of control the try to control these corridors and i'm gonna keep my home b safe with crossbones he's just gonna stand over here and if you come to him great but if you don't, he's just going to move up, shoot you, hit and run back, you know, and that's a pretty simple play pattern, but it's one I think is really good. But you really hit the nail on the head when talking about like the E maps. So the things like a gamma, I think that him being able to be on your back gamma, move up, shoot, hit and run back to your home gamma is a, a bit of a spicy thing that you'll see a little bit more often oh, yeah. now. I, yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think, because, you know, that's how I use bullseye a lot of the time, too, especially on gamma, right? Love him on uh, uh, gamma. So just, you know, yes, keep him at the front side of your back point. Pay two for your hit and, or, you know, move up, pay two for a hit and run, get one decent beam off, gain two power, and run back the uh um and if somebody does get back there the uh, on round three or something you probably have uh, close to enough power for up close and personal right yeah. the uh um and then you can control that point a little better uh but what i was getting at earlier between the uh math of up close and personal and hit and run you can do that as a combo and it ends up being the same exact math as a haymaker overpower yeah now the overpower also had that placement off of them but this is even better right because you could move up with six power decide to do hit and run and up close and personal throw that size two character even farther away and then run farther away right yeah uh -huh. uh, and so it allows him to really get some separation and and i think this piece is going to be a really nice control piece in that way where um uh, i i up close and personal, if you can get it off, is going to be really nice with that hit and run. Yeah. yeah. Same thing as the the Haymaker and the Overpower. Haymaker and Overpower was always a nice little hit. Oh, it was. It was always fun and, and definitely more deadly than it got credit for. But Agreed. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. This is the only superpower he has to spend his power on. So in terms Ooh. of power economy, I think Crossbones Merciless Merc here is one of the most efficient characters we've seen in a while in terms of what his play pattern is going to be using his power, moving, moving through, through the, the game state and everything, because his last two superpowers are both innate. One of them mm -hmm. is another one that I think is wonderful for his mobility. It is aggressive. Mm -hmm. We've seen this before after an attack targeting this character is resolved. If this character suffered damage, it may advance short toward the attacking character so 
cool. Crossbones is hanging out on a point. He gets shot at from range four. Well, guess what? Now he's coming for you. Love it. Right. And even, you know, using, because it is that advanced, you don't always have to go that whole short. You might just need to move over, you know, half of that range even just to get lined up for a sweet beam sweet right yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so i think that's where aggressive is going to come into play a lot uh is using that to get into better position and then being able to hit two beams as opposed to having to move or something or use the hit and run mm, two sweet beams in one turn sign me up right let's go man. yeah let's do it <laughs> and then his last innate power is i can take it we've seen this before mm -hmm. too literally yep. on drax when this character would suffer damage from an enemy effect, reduce the amount suffered by one to a minimum of one. We've seen this superpower on a lot of characters, but the name I can take it is that's on tracks. And I just look, I love it. I I know that this some people probably don't like the idea that crossbones can't reduce to zero now. So that was one of the things right. that original crossbones inured to pain could reduce to zero. So if you're holding a cube mm -hmm. fragment, you could pay and not take any damage from said cube fragment. That's awesome. I think this is great, but less versatile. But I think that the character overall is more versatile. And so it kind of makes sense. Right. And and really, original crossbones, that's what he was using a lot of his power for, right? The, yeah. So, you know, he was going to pay, he was going to make sure he saved power so that he could do a near to pain when he was running cubes or just if he was taking damage. Um, I know that I used it um a little bit with sinister the as well mm -hmm. um trying to get um uh, sinister is a card that can you know give somebody a damage the uh but it then gives him a genetic token you can use it right off the bat in the game and you know crossbones could do that still move up small to a point the uh and, and, and sit there the uh um and so i know that i use it that way and so i but he this one again is going to have better power gen and i think like you said it's just going to be um a little bit uh, more focused on that yeah that's all on his kit is is right there yep. and when yep. you look at the overall thing this is a very simple character but we just spent 25 minutes basically talking about him and i think that's because within this simple kit there is versatility Right, yeah. The uh, um, you can leave him on that back point if you want. The uh, you can run him up just to you know start punching people. The uh, and, and doing that because he does have a little bit of beef depending on what team you're going into. Right, right. The, yeah. Uh, you're not running him into you know uh, convocation. You know, yeah, but yeah, the, uh, if smart. you know you're running into Weapon X, that's just gonna have a lot of physical attacks. Say, hey, all right, cool. The uh, he can do it, and he's gonna reduce um one damage every time you slash at him. Yep, yep. And there's also a thing where I think. When you look at this character, you can maybe see the idea of, oh, he's not that dangerous. This is probably okay. But then, like, fine, you, you slash at him, and you give him some power, and now he's hitting and running. He's plasma beaming. You're getting up close and personal. I mean, you mentioned Weapon X. I think that's a great comp. Like, I don't think that Merciless Merc here is going to be good into everything. Like, I would leave him at home if you're playing Guardians, probably, because... Right. Two energy defense, even with damage reduction, is still two energy defense. But right. you go up against a Web Warriors team. You go up against a Sam Avengers with a bunch of physical attacks type team. Like, yeah, they're probably still going to have Iron Man there. But if Iron Man's spending his time dealing with crossbones, it's probably a win for you. You know? Uh, 100%. Yeah. So 
I think that when having a character like this in your roster of 10 characters, even if he's your 10th character, I think there's matchups where he will pay some big time dividends. Oh, I 100% agree. The, uh, um, yeah, it's just going to be about when you play him. He's not a three that you're just always putting on the board. He is very specifically, you know, going to fill a slot for you on yeah. specific crises against certain teams. Yep. And, uh, and I love it. And with that, I do want to mention a couple things here. So there is a character that doesn't get played very often that has abilities regarding crossbones. And that is mm-hmm. everybody's favorite cabal <laughs> leader and that's sin <laughs> and i say favorite because it's not even a thing but she has an ability on her thing called partners in crime and it's basically like a mm. husband and wife thing for corvus and proxima right. but with crossbones but it mm. references crossbones specifically not brock right. rumlow so mm. that superpower if you're playing sin for some reason will not work with Merciless Merc because this references the superhero name, not the alter ego. Right. And same thing with the tactics cards that they have. The, uh, uh, those both say crossbones or sin, not Brock Rumlow. And I would love to see them update that in the card pack. The, uh, um, don't know that they will. Then maybe new crossbones will have a card in the core box specifically for him mm-hmm. um but yeah but have not having that in fact i that's right he does have one he um, does i was in. gonna yeah, read it in, in a second new, yeah the uh, um but yeah the old cards the uh, like that uh range five attack and there was another one the, yeah it was uh, to ash um, and cinder ash and cinder right yeah. the uh uh those two are no longer gonna work with him specifically yeah and I understand if they don't update illicit tech, like I'd like to see it updated. I think illicit tech could be a really cool thing, but I think this new crossbones would really be good with that card. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Like it'd be really good. Uh, but I definitely think now for the Ash same and- power though, for the same threat, three value there, right? Yeah. You have Helios, the giant killing beam, and you can't give this crossbones that attack. <laughs> right, right. Yes, is fair. Very fair. But, uh, I think to Ash and Cinder is one that I'd really like to see updated because I think that's a cool card that didn't get used very often, but like when it when it went off, it was pretty cool, you know. So yeah, the uh, place in the demolition charge. The uh, yeah, I was just reading up on it. Yeah, the, uh, um, I was surprised to not see anything different with Sin, but I mean they did so much. I'm not yeah, you're gonna get at AMG for the little things that I wish they would have also done in the update. But exactly um, with Sin not being played, the uh, I just am a little surprised that she didn't get some small thing, probably a health, the uh, stamina on she, either she needs, side would probably be, and just make her feel yeah, a lot better. She yeah. needs a little something, something. <laughs> Um, right, but either way, we're we're not here to to lament. But that's that, not today. Not today. Not today. We'll we'll talk about once I finally finish all of the character rebalances and updates and all that stuff. Then we'll get into the like, well, what did they miss? But that's not today. Right. So I do want to mention dig in as a tactics card that comes mm-hmm. specifically for Brock Rumlow in the new core set. So it is a Cabal affiliated card. It is reactive. During the power phase, an allied Brock Rumlow may play this card. Notice there is no power cost. He just gets Mm -hmm. to play it. This round, 
Brock Rumlow cannot be moved by enemy or allied effects. Additionally, for the rest of this round while defending, Brock Rumlow may re-roll any number of his dice. This is an excellent card for Brock Rumlow oh. specifically. Right, right, yeah, uh, very, very good. The, uh, um, you know, even if you end up taking an energy or missing attack, getting to re-roll those two is going to obviously benefit you if you end up rolling zero, right? The, and the fact that it costs zero, the, uh, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's really strong for him and you could play it early the uh just as they're trying to come in and take him out um you, you can play it late in the game where it might save his life the, and keep you on point right yeah and and i think that the really the reroll part of it is is great it, it really is but not being able to be moved by enemy or allied effects movement is not just pushed movement is pushed placed advanced or thrown right a throw is a movement for sure yeah so well and we have a lot of anti place or anti push or anti um throw but you don't necessarily have a lot of characters who can ever do all three right the uh, uh yeah. and so just not being able to be moved at all is is always a strong strong card into the you know those really control teams exactly Exactly. So I'm I'm super here for this card. And like we said uh, earlier, in terms of if Brock Rumlow is your 10th character and he's there as a tech piece, this is a great card as a 10th card to say, all right, cool. Come at me, bro. In the right matchup. Oh, you brought Iron Man to push me. Oh, you brought Web Warriors to pull me around. Well, guess what? Right. Not today. Not today, right. Satan. Web Warriors was exactly what I was thinking. I mean, you know, not all physical attacks, but a lot of physical attacks. They, uh, so he's going to be beefy. And then they just want to pull you off. Well, not this round. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's all we got for Crossbones. And uh, needless to say, he's one of these characters where I don't expect to see him on the tabletop a lot, per, per se, quote unquote. But, man, he's one I'm excited to play. And... Outside of Red Skull, Master of the World, is there any other affiliation that you feel like he would benefit from? Sin. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that any of the double trigger pieces have a place in uh, FA Cap, our new Captain America coming yeah. out, just because they'll always be easier to hit. Um, but I have to be honest, I, I don't see him being splashed a lot of places. The, uh, yeah. there are threes that do very similar things within affiliation, the, uh, that you're, or better tech pieces, the, uh, I think that you're going to throw most places. Yeah, I think that's fair. And we don't know exactly what affiliations he's in, but the original version was Cabal, Criminal Syndicate, and Hydra. And I would expect that this version is the same and i think that right. those three places are great places to play him i don't think he necessarily sure. benefits from other places now weirdly i think this version of crossbones in a midnight suns could be pretty spicy because being able to say he doesn't have anything to do with his power other than hit and run and up close and personal mm. so if you're able to bump and then get that sweet beam of just you know awesome sweet beamitude 
<laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. And he's three threats. So I think there's an argument that you can say, all right, well, I'm going to bring in crossbones, play a little wider on my Midnight Suns. And I, I don't know. That's something I want to try, though. Yeah, um, I, I I can see that working. Yeah, just to put him in a better position, whether it's putting him farther forward to hit anybody with his beam, or just repositioning left and right a little bit, yeah, so that he can uh, hit that, uh, you know, get a better setup for that. Yeah, I, I can see that working. Hey, max sweet beams, max sweet the, the beams, more sweet beams for everybody. That's right. Everybody gets a sweet beam. You get a sweet beam. You get a sweet beam. <laughs> yes, I love it. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think there's other places that he might could splash, but I'm with you in that I think he's going to live where he lives and be pretty happy there. Mm -hmm. so, right. Yeah, I'm okay with it. So, uh, yeah, now we have to move on because there's so much to talk about, and we have to talk about another doctor within Marvel Crisis Protocol, and that is Doc Ock sinister scientist with an alter ego of Otto Octavius but we're not there yet we got to talk about this model because oh my gosh dojo this model is so great so good I mean dude they nailed it with this one and it's like as as good as this is is how the previous version was looked at as how bad it was now I get there were limitations. They didn't think they could do certain things, yada, yada. But man, he's got the trench coat. He's got the suit from like the cartoon with the green and the mm. yellow. And he's got the little beaker and he's a scientist thing. Like I just, oh my gosh, I love this so effing much. Yeah, I mean, it is a cool character. Once again, not a huge amount of motion necessarily or movement to this model, The uh, um, uh, except for the fact that you can kind of tell that he's floating there. There's a little bit of movement maybe on the um, duster or a trench coat. Um, and, and then I guess that he is pouring something from that... Uh, from that uh beaker into a, a another uh a glass container here yeah so um uh, i'm actually not a huge fan of the beaker yeah i i like him to seem a little bit more menacing with giant claws and laser beams but the i overall i really like the model and how he hangs there um i'm worried about how sturdy he's going to be with <laughs> but yeah. i'm you uh i'm the kid who couldn't do legos because he kept breaking them as he was putting them together with my big sausage fingers um uh so i i break all types of these models <laughs> i feel you dude i feel you i just i, I think i think we're gonna be okay in terms of contact points but i just i love this model man like like ultron for me is is prime perfect like best model in that core set and then this one mm. is a very close second because it's just oh man it just it's so the character you know what i mean like it's the character sure i and there's attitude to the character right the uh oh, you know yeah. people complain about some of the early models faces a lot then i know the amg hasn't done the best job with women's faces the uh but uh this face like he's got attitude the uh, like an eyebrow raised a smirk the uh the correct like the uh, uh motion on the chin while he's doing it the uh, it's 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 a really nice sculpt for sure the and, and i definitely feel doc ock with it yeah yeah exactly and so now let's talk about this character card. And and look, this is a, car, a model that 
I usually ask like, what are you gonna paint it like? If I paint this model, it will be exactly like what you see here because that is just my favorite color scheme for Doc Ock. Like maybe a little darker green, maybe like the like OG OG Doc Ock. Like it was like really dark green, but I just, I love that color from the nineties cartoon. So that's where I'm going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I painted my core again when, uh, especially when I first got into it, I didn't care about what the art was supposed to be or as far as the colors and was painting all types of crazy stuff. My Magneto looks like Dr. Fate. And so my Doc Ock, uh, was in orange. I decided he was just like, just broken out of prison was what I had decided. So he was in like a prison jumpsuit orange. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm definitely good. I think I'm going to go more, uh, more card art with this one as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So, Doc Ock, Sinister Scientist. And I like that they did the little shortened name, Doc Ock, like a Dr. Octopus, Sinister Scientist is a mouthful, but like- yeah, For sure. Doc Ock, like, ah, oh, I love it. I just love it so much. Yeah. Otto Octavius. <laughs> so he has a top stat line here. And again, same thing as Crossbones. You can have both versions in your roster, but you can't have both on the table at the same time within one squad. So right. four physical defense, four energy defense, three mystic defense. He has a stamina value of six, a threat value of four. He is size two, and he moves medium, and he is on that 50-millimeter base. So that medium move is pretty pretty good distance. Nothing changes on his injured side, nothing at all. Now, one thing I want to talk about here on his healthy side is that he seems to have gotten a little dumber. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. The, uh, and I don't know if this is supposed to be an earlier version or a later version of uh, Doc Ock than what we had before. The, uh, but yes, it does appear that uh, he has beefed up his um, uh, his energy defense, but uh, lost a few IQ points. Yeah, exactly. And I just I find that to be really funny. <laughs> it's like, like how did how did he get better energy? Is his suit absorb more energy, but his brain is just like ah, it's this this is mushy brain now at this point. Or <laughs> is it is it that he's gotten crazier because he's been Doc Ock for longer? I like that idea. I, yeah. I think that's a re. I think that's great. The uh, you know he's he's done his stint alone. The, he's been fighting Spider Man. He's getting pissed off, and now he builds his team because he's a little crazier. The, he's like, no, I'm gonna take out Peter Parker. The uh, um, and uh, he's just more focused on that than anything else, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I I love it so much. And his his that's a, a good stat line. Four four three is very good. So. I'm sure. here for it. Now, I do think it's interesting that the three threat OG version is 434. Four. The uh, uh now he did gain a stamina on one side. The uh, so I guess that helps, but the uh, um uh I suppose they're trying to keep 444s four to five and six threats. Um so I so I understand why they did that, but it does seem a little odd that it is basically the same defensive stat line. Yep. Yeah. But uh, and he's a four threat now, so you've got to account right. for that. And and I don't think it's this stat line that really makes him a four threat. I think it's all of what he's no. going to do as we talk about his attacks and superpowers and everything. Right. So take it away right. with his first attacks. Sure, we have striking tentacles, uh, range three, five dice, physical attack. After the attack is resolved, you gain power equal to the damage dealt, so a normal builder. There is also the wild flurry of arms that we saw on original Doc Ock as well, which is when making this attack, each wild result in the attack roll counts as two successes. 
Yep, saw that before, and now it's five dice, which is going to... I don't know about you, whenever I rolled dice with original Doc Ock, I never hit Flurry of Arms, but now I feel like I'm going to hit it all the time. You think you feel you feel that way? I have a terrible luck with wild <laughs> results. The uh, yeah. I love playing Voodoo. Never get his power sap or his power burn. I love playing Rogue as a character. Yeah. Never get hers. The uh, um, and so uh, I do. I I am appreciative for the extra attack dice as you know, and and hoping that that wild comes through a little bit more. Um, it's been used on me, and man, when somebody rolls. Two or three wilds, it's it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's it's one of those things where you can't rely on it, but like man, when it hits, it's gonna hit good. Like oh, I was yeah watching our friend Leland's video recently and it was it was like, Okay, cool, I've got like six successes because of my striking tentacles with the flurry of arms and then whichever one was playing Doc Ock, that happened, and then the other one would block like five. And it's like, well, this is a great role, but I guess it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it is physical. So it is the, you know, uh, highest defense uh, uh, number of characters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what's the next one? Yeah, we have Arm Lasers 2.0. Pew, pew. Yeah, beam 4. So we're getting a sweet beam in. The uh, And it's a uh, 4 dice energy attack. Wild Incinerate. So uh, that's after each attack is resolved. So a uh, possibility to um, really ramp up some incinerates onto some people. It's a very similar to attack to another 4 threat in Crimson Dynamo. Um, uh, yeah. But instead of handing out shock, he's handing out incinerate with it. And the number of times that Crimson Dynamo has shocked almost my whole team, um, yeah, they, uh, I figure that the uh, Doc Ock incinerating my whole team will be pretty nasty as well. Yeah, this is one where, again, we just talked about rolling a wild on four dice, and it's going to be tough. But, <laughs> but the threat of it, I think it really is going to make a difference. And being able to, if you can hit three characters with a beam four, you're feeling pretty good about it. So, you know, I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, I mean, because if, if you can get three characters with that, the uh, you're rolling 12 dice. The likeliness that you get at least one of those incinerates is, I would think, pretty high. The, uh, um, and, and, you know, hopefully ping a damage through. Anytime you're rolling those four dice attacks, I think you're just hoping, hey, man, can I ping one damage through on this? Yeah, or, or can I get my trigger? Right. Yep. I'm right there with you. So what's next? All right. The, uh, so this is Scientific Breakthrough. The, uh, it is a physical attack, range three. A sweet spot, Will, seven dice. Yeah, buddy. The, uh, and it's going to cost you four power. If this attack deals damage after this attack is resolved, the target character gains bleed, poison, and shock, all three, The uh, if it deals damage. Wow. Like, I mean, it's the sweet spot, so it's going to deal at least one. You better believe it. <laughs> but like what in the he bleed, poison and shock. So like if you don't daze that character they're that character's pretty screwed. For sure. Yeah. And I think this is great into big boys, right? Yeah. Like that's where I'm using this because it is that sweet spot. Seven dice. I really just love the trigger the i think that giving that plus maybe an incinerate the doc ock the uh uh with kick them while they're down the uh on your team oh yeah oh man the uh, yeah try to give them four and then you know either he pays for it or somebody else pays for it then just yeah the, it goes ham into one of the big guys the one of the battle cruisers now i do have an issue with this attack will what's that 
Scientific breakthrough is a terrible name. <laughs> you, think you can't put the sauce on it, like you say. Uh, yeah, this is true. I, I can't go like, a scientific breakthrough. See, that doesn't sound as good. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It like, doesn't. It doesn't. Know. And I think there are some some much better options for this attack. Okay. Like, give me one yeah. and you got to do, do, do the sauce. Okay. 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 I got you. All right. So, cause uh, I, I'm not the, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie and say that I know these off the top of my head. I looked them up because I didn't like the name of this attack that much. <laughs> okay. So I looked up some famous, um, uh, doc Ock quotes. And I think my favorite is apparently from superior Spider-Man volume one issue number eight, and it's ready. My equipment. I'm going to perform a Parker ectomy. <laughs> yeah. And I just think Parker ectomy. Like you can say that with an exclamation. You can put the sauce on that right even if you want to give it a nasally voice the parkerectomy see that it just sounds there you go. better yeah right yeah. <laughs> so i'm not calling it scientific breakthrough when i use him i'm calling it parkerectomy i will put a sticker over that yeah and every time i do it i will call it parkerectomy so oh that's sauce on it. so good parkerectomy that is the best of like oh my gosh like that is so good and if we don't get a tactics card one day that's Parker Ectomy, like I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying the, uh, especially with the bleeding, the poison, the shock, like you're, you know, yeah, I think it's a great one. The, uh, but so when I get the card, I'm writing over that. The, uh, so if you ever play me, the, uh, um, uh, I, I will put the sauce on it for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I love that. I love that. And I also, I, I just like this attack in that it's a, it's a strong enough attack for a character like this. It, has a power cost that I feel like, especially if you're doing an arm lasers, you're likely to get due to some stuff we're going to talk about here in a second. Like, and I, and you're like, well, why is arm lasers? It's not a gainer. What do you mean? But like, he still has scientific hubris. No sense in burying the lead there. He still has right. scientific hubris. So when this character rolls dice, whenever he rolls dice after the effect is resolved, if it contained one or more critical results, he gains one power. So like we talked about with arm lasers being able to potentially hit three people, getting one critical in each of those rolls, that's three power. All right. You know, so like not that you're going to get a critical each time, but I'm just saying like I think his power generation is going to be fine to where scientific breakthrough is a thing that you're going to use. And then even when you roll scientific breakthrough, there's a chance you get a power back. Right, exactly. So yeah. I think this attack's great. And like you said, into less hardy characters it's probably not going to pay the dividends that it will into the bigger characters right like mm. like malekith is not going to want to be bleeding poisoned and shocked right you know ghost rider i don't think he can bleed or be poisoned but definitely he does not want to be shocked right so you know stuff like that i think is um it's really good really good yeah, great attack. Right. Suite. Yeah. The uh, and even into the uh, I mean somebody like a juggernaut, right? The uh, um, you know five threat. You're probably not killing him with your seven dice. The uh, but man, you're going to do a damage to him with bleed every time. The unless he wants to pay for it, right? The, uh, yeah. You're going to kill his power gen at the beginning of his turn with poison. And now even if he does his push and strike, he's not rolling as many dice. So the I think against some of those characters, the uh, where you know you're not going to kill them with this attack, you're really going to get a lot of payoff the yeah, because they're going to sit there and say okay do i just eat these attacks the yeah, with all of these um with all these conditions or do i spend one of my actions for the next three rounds trying to shake these uh-huh that's exactly yeah. it so yeah i'm with you so now we have to talk about 
Oh, yeah. Doc Ock's sinister scientist comes with a leadership, and that is the Sinister Six leadership, but for the affiliation Spider-Foes, because it just makes sense. So, once per turn, after an attack targeting an allied character is resolved, if that character is not dazed, it gains one power. I really like that. You're just really helping the power gen of other Mm -hmm. Spider-Foes characters. Like, that's wonderful. Someone like Craven or Lizard is going to just love this. Additionally, though, once per turn, when an allied character suffers damage from an enemy attack, after that attack is resolved, it may remove one of the following conditions from itself. Slow, shock, or incinerate. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that a lot. It's oh, I think it's great. The uh, um, uh, you know, like you said, the power gin and the first aspect of it is wonderful. The second aspect of it, the uh, um, a little bit more situational, but um, especially into spider foes who give out slow or um, on demons where you're taking incinerate, the uh, it, it can be a, a good way to uh, uh, mitigate some of that. Yeah, and the thing is, though, I think it's interesting that. If you take damage, then you get to remove the condition. So mm-hmm. a condition like incinerate is still going to be really powerful onto spider foes, but a condition like slow and shock, like if I'm playing against spider foes and I shocked them, then, okay, cool. I've applied as the attacker. I have applied my condition. Mm-hmm. I damaged you. You can immediately remove it. Right. Exactly. Like that's awesome. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so into somebody like a Crimson Dynamo who's handing you shock, you know, and okay, well, you did a damage. I'm just going to ignore it, right? The uh, um, Into somebody like Hydra, right? The, yeah. Uh, with Strucker Hydra. The, uh, um, you know, it's almost exact inverses of the uh, of the leaderships there. Um, so I think that uh, I, I think that there's a decent amount of play there. The, uh, um, but you'll be using that, uh, the first part of it, every turn, every round almost, right? You exactly. Know? Exactly. And that's the thing. I think that this is a good leadership. Is it better than Green Goblins? I'm not on that train just yet but i think being able to generate power for other spider foes characters is a really great thing and it's something that a lot of those characters are really gonna like like venom's gonna like it rhino already Mm -hmm. gets a ton of power but there's no reason not to have more with him you know i think green goblin as a character playing under doc ox leadership is gonna be even that much better because giving him access to his um, trick or treat, right? And and getting a hit right. and run early and being able to use Knight of the Goblin more, I think stuff like that is is going to be really potent. Right, yeah, and I agree. Yeah, I think that he is going to be, uh, or rather Goblin will be very good under him. I'm not sure whether he'll be as good under Goblin. I mean, it won't be bad, I guess. They've been able to reroll their defenses on those like four dice attacks. But um, but yeah, you uh, mentioned Rhino. And if I'm not mistaken, this means that under Doc Ock Sinister 6, Rhino will be gaining two power additionally because he has the same thing on his card, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So every time you hit him and he doesn't daze, the, he's going to gain whatever power the uh, um, he gains from being hit, plus two more, one from his own card and then one from uh, Sinister Scientist. So yeah. Rhino is going to be juiced up under um, under uh, Doc Ock here. Yeah. Uh, another character that I think could benefit from it and one that we don't see on the tabletop very often is Craven, in that to get his power going is very difficult in my experience mm-hmm. to to get his his whole kit working it really takes a lot of setup and it's difficult to make it function but if he's in a position where he can take a little damage get that extra power and then you can start setting up opportunities for expert tracker granted you have to activate craven first to get maximum expert tracker but either way Giving Craven access to power, I think, is going to be a good thing. Sure, yeah, because, you know, he is one of those characters there where, you know, his... He's got a gainer and a builder, right? The, yeah. Uh, um, and then he's wanting to use Corner of the Beast and Expert Tracker a lot. The, uh, you know, preferably every round, which is five power. Which, if you're, you know, only able to do the Spirit Thrust or the Kukri Strike, uh, you're not necessarily gaining that a whole lot. Yeah. So I agree that he's definitely going to benefit from getting this extra power, probably more so than he benefits uh, from Green Goblins. Oh yeah. Leadership. So I, I think Craven definitely is is going to want to live here. And then lastly, I do want to point out, I think Lizard also, like, I don't need to go through each of these characters, but I am because I think that there's really interesting, like, things you can think about and ways to to rewrite your brain and how to think about these characters. So, like, Lizard, he already has damage reduction. He rolls four physical defense. So if he takes one damage, you're happy with that because then you've taken your one, you gain your power for your one damage. Then you gain yeah. another power and if you had a condition on you that like that's mentioned, you can get rid of it. But now you've got two power. You don't have to worry about trying to build power with tail whip, which is not a great attack. Four dice range yeah. three, not a great attack. So you don't have to worry about trying to build power with that. All of a sudden, you're ready for your throw or your, as I like to say, cold bloody. <laughs> you know. So right. I, I think that this thing, what what this leadership does, I think this is a simple leadership in a lot of ways, but I think that it turns things up a little bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, and um, we haven't seen the other four that are coming out at some point. I don't think we've seen the the actual release date for the uh, for the four person box, right? Yeah, Sandman and Shocker and Vulture. And so, I mean, they might have something where it, it works even you know where they're a little bit power hungry. And there are plenty of characters in this game that are power hungry. Yes, in my opinion, right? And so, I think that this is also a great place to splash plenty of people who are like, man, I really like them, but I always feel like they don't have quite enough power the uh, um and so uh or somebody who really hates being shocked or slowed or incinerated right yeah. yeah so i think there's a lot of splash play with doc ock that i think you really nailed it right there is the splash ability mm. factor is huge here mm. yeah so he has this active superpower ox grasp and it's going to cost you three power Choose an interactive terrain feature or enemy character, both of size three or less, and within range three, and throw it short. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So, yeah, we've got a great throw. It's This is a great throw. Range three and mm-hmm. throw it short. Love it so much. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it is uh, just uh, it's one size bigger than the original Doc Ock. Right. Doc Ock could throw size twos. Yes. He can throw size threes. And it's the same amount of power. The uh, um, same throw as far as distance. Um, and I think that he could grab it from three as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, on a four threat, yeah, give him the same exact thing, uh, you know, would just make it a little bit better. And and a size three character throw really does feel better than that size two because those big boys are usually the ones that you're trying to move off the points because they have a bigger yep. base or just are hardier or something like that, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, this provides a really nice level of control that this character is going to have access to. Like, Striking tentacles should build you power. Having scientific hubris, which is the next superpower, it's innate. He always has it. So always having access to scientific hubris there, he's he's going to have a power. And <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with move, attack, throw as a sequence nope. or throw, move, attack or attack, throw, move, whatever you want to do. But like there is nothing wrong with that sequence at all. Especially with that size three, right? Because you're yeah. grabbing a size three and you're saying, okay, here's four damage. You have to block that four damage. You know, yeah. we, we talk about all the time. It's taking the dice out of the, your side, right? And and doing yeah. quite a good job of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, guaranteeing that four damage, which he wouldn't be necessarily making on that striking tentacles. Exactly. The, uh, um, and, and so, yeah, I think boosting it up to three, uh, which he should be able to do. He's got giant metal strong arms. The, I've seen them pick up all types of stuff. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, um, right? Yeah, um, he should be able to move a size three. Oh, definitely. I mean, look, we all watched the Spider-Man No Way Home and saw Doc Ock on that bridge just totally decimating things. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then his last and eight power wall crawler because, of course, and yeah, like that's all there is on this version of Doc Ock. And this is, I think, a very efficient character and a character that he's four threat, so he's not going to be able to be splashed as easily because the four threat splash is a thing that is really hard to do given a lot of how good some of these characters are but i think this version of doc ock is very nice and you know he doesn't really have any defensive abilities but as a just a good piece on the tabletop i think he's going to shine Oh, I agree. Yeah, and I think that, you know, yeah, I, I don't think that you're splashing him out of affiliation. I think that it's generally hard to splash a four-threat leader a lot of places, right? I just, you just don't see it very often. You don't see OG Steve, who's a good character, splash a lot of places, right? You don't yeah. see Blade splash a lot of places or Green Goblin splash a lot of places just because there is that small tax that they take for having that leadership ability. And, you know, they, they maybe aren't quite as good as Bill, who doesn't have a leadership ability, but is, you know, has 4-4-4 four, four, four damage reduction and aggressive and, you know, can throw a size 4, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, there is something that I want to discuss here with Doc Ock and in Spider-Foes and all that stuff. So one of the things that was very strong within the Spider-Foes affiliation, or whenever you had mm -hmm. these two characters on the board, and that is right. Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus, was well-laid plants. Mm -hmm. It was a really incredible bit of kit that could swing the tide for a Spider-Foes team. So well-laid plants is a card... Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus both spend three power and you roll five dice for each character holding an objective token. So like an holding an extract token. 
And then for uh, crits and wilds, if you deal damage, they drop that objective token. So yeah, really strong. And I'm not reading verbatim. So good. But it's a great card. And especially on like a wide extract. So the cube fragments, the senators, the mm-hmm. paranoia, you know, any of these that have the like hammers, hammers, yeah. right. Four or more incredibly good card. Right. You know, well, it's Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus. So mm-hmm. Doc Ock, Sinister Scientist is not going to be able to use this. And right. Dojo, I don't know about you, but like this is a card that feels pretty integral to the Spider-Foes kit and to like playing Spider-Foes. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I've only played Spider-Foes a little bit. Yeah, I tried them after the uh, um, NashCon for a couple of games. And yeah, it is totally integral. Not that the two times I was able to play it, I was able to get anybody with it. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, I just seem to have those roles sometimes. The, uh, um, but it has been used against me extremely effectively. The, I had yeah. four hammers in one game. All four hammers was ready to just sweep up this game. And dude took them all off of me and it felt so bad so bad yeah. oh yeah i i dazed a venom with this before me and nate played a game years ago and i think it's still on his youtube channel and i did a well-laid plans that dazed his venom and it was just awesome no snacks after that you know? exactly yeah, exactly um, and yeah. Well, and I, unlike the Brock Lump, Rumlow um, uh, cards versus the Crossbones card, yes, this is a very important piece of what they do. I'm not convinced that I want this Doc Ock to have this just because I've had, <laughs> yeah. I play into Spider Foes more than I play Spider Foes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I can see what you're saying where it is a very important piece of what they do as far as the control of the board. Yeah. I think that. Spider-Foes is about to get quite the glow up whenever these new characters come out. So I agree with you. I don't want to see this card rewritten to function with Otto Octavius and Norman Osborn. I don't want to see that, actually. Because I think that within the broader Spider-Foes kit, and hopefully whatever we get from the the new characters that have been announced, I think they're probably going to have enough tools to make up for what this card did. The question I want to ask more is, is it valuable to a roster to include Doc Ock, Scientist Supreme, and original Dr. Octopus so that you can have access to well-laid plants? Do you think that when you're roster building, having both versions of Otto Octavius in your roster is something that's going to make sense? I think it's reasonable the uh now again like you said they're about to have a glow up uh, i think at the current point with the number of spider foes that there are and who's on the roster i think you can put both of them in there i think once the other four come out the uh, and we see what's there well you can't take all the spider foes at that point number one the yeah. uh and so um i and the gameplay of a green goblin list versus a Doc Ock's um, Senator Scientists are, are pretty different. I think you might be building for one or the other. Yeah. yeah um, uh, and 
And I think that's okay too. The I think in the current, like I said, in the current play, yeah, bring them both because why not? The because maybe you're like, okay, I want to run, you know, this Doc Ock the uh, for this one, or you know, oh, we're running super wide extracts. I gotta play well laid plans. Then, yeah. The, uh, um. So I'm gonna run Green Goblin. Um. I, I'm not sure that will be the case after we see these new characters, though. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there, though, in terms of how I think about it is. You, as the spider Foes player, you don't necessarily bring your wide extracts. You don't need to. But if you run into a team playing wide extracts, being able to flex into a well-laid plan strategy, I think is great. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to talk about one tactics card that comes in the new core box with this because it has been shown. And it is, this is our day. It is an unaffiliated reactive tactics card. During the power phase... If you have fewer VPs than your opponent, an allied Otto Octavius may play this card. Again, no power. Again, during the power phase. This round, each time an allied character would drop an objective token, you may place it instead of your opponent. Now, here's the spicy part. You may place it within range 3 instead of the normal range 2. Holy crap. And then hang on, there's more. Additionally, Mm -hmm. each time an allied non-grunt character would be dazed or KO'd this round, each enemy character within range two of it suffers one damage. Bro. Bro. Yeah. What is this card? It's good. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we already know how good it is to place your own. But then placing it within three, the... uh, um, yeah, it's it's absolutely gross. The, I mean, you're taking it to the point where, okay, they if they haven't set themselves up to medium move after they kill this person, or if they did it from you know, too far away and then I place it you know three behind them, there's just no way they're picking it up and capitalizing on this uh, daze or KO that they've just you know, had. Yeah, yeah, this is gnarly. And then... I want to say something like I want to I want to shout this from the heavens for a second, because in terms of strategy, right, like let's say you attack someone that has two or three objectives. Let me just don't stack them. Don't stack them. <laughs> don't stack them because your opponent will then go and pick both of them up. <laughs> like spread them the hell out. If you have the opportunity to, it's like, this card is so good, dude. This card is so good. Right. Right. Especially with three, like you put them in an ice, uh, equilateral triangle within three of the person who's dropping (laughs) them. And there's just no way that any character, maybe a juggernaut or a rhino with a lot of power, right. Can can run around and get them with their big base, but it's going to be, really really hard for any character to then go out and, and pick up the uh, two or three extracts that you've dropped yes. um and the other thing is that like if you know oh god this person only has one stamina left they're probably getting taken out um then you play it at the beginning of the round right the yeah. um this is not going to be something that is going to help you very much with a um a spike unless you're just p- maybe at the end of the game and saying i definitely don't want them to get this one extract yeah so i'm gonna play this just in yeah. case 
Um, but you know, if you have somebody who's a little bit weakened and you're just, you know, making sure that you can continue to control those extracts and, you know, it's great on those wide extracts, but it can be really good on a small extract too, because yeah. like on a Montesi, which you have three and maybe you have two of the books, you really don't want to lose that point value, right? You, know, you, you don't want to lose that going into the scoring phase because that's a two point swing their way. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly it. Like you really nailed it, man. And that's, I think this card is pounds of good and it works with the four and the three threat version. So being able to use this with either version of the character, I think is just chef's kiss. Awesome. And the thing you mentioned about the character being days alive on one stamina, whatever, it doesn't say when their days are KO'd from an enemy effect. It just says, dazed or KO'd so you could choose to just let them go and then boom you're doing a damage to characters around them or let's say they're bleeding well do you want to shake that condition or do you want to go get three people get three damage you know what I mean right 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 yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Maybe take that, take that bleed and just yeah, the uh, um and ping it out the uh. uh Especially if you just need that one damage on a couple of people. Right. right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, no. it's, it's not nothing. That's that big gameplay right there. The uh, <laughs> big brain. Uh, big uh, brain plays. Right yeah. 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 It's like, oh, you know what? Well, Crossbones is going down, but he's going to take three with him. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and you still get to place that. The, uh, um, oh, I guess that's not even just if they're holding a, that's just Anytime just, they just that has nothing it. to do with the extract. Yeah, exactly. It. Oh my gosh. The, uh, so that's just two very different things being talked about on the same card. They I, the, yes. thought they were connected, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's like an extra little leadership uh, for that one round. Yeah, seriously. Like this is seriously good, I think. I think this, this feels is... like it was the leadership at one point, and they're like, no, no, no. We'll just make it a card. It'd be crazy if it were the whole game. Oh, my yeah. God. If this if this was the leadership at one point, this would be the best leadership in the game. Oh, my God. Now, with the uh, like uh, it being Otto Octavius and then the other cards that we've seen that are Brock Rumlow or Peter Parker or et cetera, I, I love that. The uh, I... We will see how this continues to go along in the future as we might have a third or fourth or fifth the, of these characters, yeah. right? The, yeah. Um, and, and how they plan to balance them all around uh, yep. that because um, I can see um, uh, a, a few different Peter Parkers, you know, the, taking advantage of a card or a few different, you know, there's still other versions of Otto Octavius we could get, you know, superior uh, Spider-Man. Oh, he can't wait for that. man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well... With that dojo, the the we've already talked about, I think, everything we're going to talk about today, and we're going to put a button on this episode because I don't want to have like five hour long episodes so that people have to listen for five hours of me and whoever I'm with just rambling on about, you know, just gushing and, and having so much fun with all these characters. Maybe somebody out there wants five hours of that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But... uh yeah, we're going to put a bow on this one, but I really appreciate you being here. This is a great episode, and this is one where I think that these characters could easily, like, you can just kind of see the thing, the one thing they do, and not get into the nuance of it. And I think that what we did today was really take a look at some of the nuance that these characters are bringing to the tabletop in October, and I can't wait. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, and I'm excited. The, it really does feel like a whole new game right now with just everything that's coming in that we know of and the changes that we had over Mini Travaganza. Um, and and I think the game is in a better place the, at the moment. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me uh, on uh, the best place on the internet, the uh, House Party Protocol Discord, the, uh, or the um, uh, uh, MCP TTS Discord. Um, every once in a while, I uh, play uh, other nerdy tabletop games on a friend's Twitch channel. Um, uh, but yeah, the uh, um, uh, or you guys can make your way down to Georgia and uh, um, you know the uh, kick me around or you know the place <laughs> in MCP. <laughs> no, don't lie. You'd be kicking them around. Yeah, yeah, but I want to convince them to come back. Oh, okay. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, well, uh, Dojo, thanks for being on with me. Suits, you heard him mention there, the best place on the internet, the House Party Protocol Discord. I say it every show, and it rings true. It is my favorite place. This morning, it's been a conversation about donut holes (laughs) versus munchkins versus donut balls versus dough balls. It's it, the the conversations are wild and fun and everyone gets along. It is wonderful. It is my favorite place. I love it so much. And if you want to be a part of that, you can check out patreon.com slash house party protocol for as little as a dollar a month. You can come in and be on the most positive place on the internet. Like honestly, like the internet's not full of positivity these days, but I, I and even when there's criticism, it's still like every, it's just a happy place, dude. It's, it's a great spot and I love it so much. So if you want to be a part of that community, check out the Patreon there and also make sure to check out battle Kiwi. Their battle boxes are awesome. I would highly recommend getting a battle box to keep all your new tokens and everything that comes in this new core set to keep them in that battle box because it's, it's so useful and you can go to battlekiwi.com and use the code party kiwi for 10 percent off your first order with them i love mine everyone i talk to that has theirs loves it uh, dojo did you get one yet oh i have not the uh, i have two different cases already and uh once again i don't travel that much so yeah. uh, oh, to there play. You go. the uh so so i don't need one just yet but if i do i will definitely go to battle kiwi the uh um because uh, they do seem very nice every time you say it i look at it and decide uh, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Make sure you, but I will. Soon. Yeah. Th- there you go. I would say, make sure you add the metal tray part too, because that way, if you magnetize, it's, it makes it for like really great tournament tray, easy to use all that stuff. So yeah, just, I, I love them. Uh, they're really great. And, and make sure to give them a little love over there. And then also, uh, send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send me messages on Facebook, on discord, all that stuff. I love chit-chatting. I love when we make a post and see a bunch of comments and everything and we just get to interact and all that stuff. Like it's just it's so great. And I, I always say we it's literally me that does all of that. <laughs> that interacting. <laughs> but whatever. Makes you know? it seem more professional when you say we though, right? There it is. Yeah. We, we as the house party protocol team. The house party <laughs> protocol team of one. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh it look, it takes a village. Everyone that supports this show is so great. And right now we have a giveaway going on, so make sure to check that out. And I said this on the last episode. I'm not gonna do a secret code word for every episode. And look, that's probably a little like, you know, hey man, what the heck? You know, trying to say you're not going to do it on every one because you want us to listen to it just to find it, blah, blah, blah. Yes, this is facts. Like, you know, we got to get mm-hmm. those those downloads up, you know, and uh, 
<laughs> yeah, don't be fast forward into the end of the episode, guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. But anyways, so we're not going to do a secret code word for this one, but we're going to have more episodes coming out very soon that is going to have a bunch of secret code words. And yeah, just get your comment in. And when you do hear those code words, make sure to get those to us via whatever means necessary. And yeah, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Remember that we're here to have fun. And with that, Party on, Dojo. Party on, Will. And power down, Suits. Suits.